Would you pray with me as we begin this devotional? God Almighty, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, grant us, we pray, to be grounded and settled in your truth by the coming of the Holy Spirit into our hearts. That which we know not, reveal. That which is wanting in us, fill up. That which we know, confirm. And keep us blameless in your service. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We read together on this 15th day of December, the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 11 to 32. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring, bring a robe the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing and called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has gotten him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost 
and has been found. This is probably my favorite story in the whole Bible. It's simply teeming with rich imagery to consider. Whenever we approach a passage of Scripture, we approach it from a particular perspective. It has a lot to do with where we are and what we're experiencing. Different characters and perspectives come out to us every time we read a story, especially the more open we are to it. This story has often been called the parable of the prodigal son. That title isn't found in scripture, but has been ascribed to it. And that's kind of unfortunate, because it narrows unnecessarily our interpretive perspective. It focuses our attention on a son and one who seems, well, prodigal. It's no wonder that so many sermons and devotions focus on the younger brother who wishes dear old dad dead and takes his money and runs off into debauchery. To be fair though, there's a lot to consider there. Others have pushed back on this single perspective and have focused their attention on the father and his prodigal love for a son gone astray. This perspective again provides us much fertile ground for devotion and growth. But I'd like to suggest that we try a different perspective with this parable. Let's sit in this perspective of the older brother. First, some big picture background. Three big themes get developed throughout scripture. The first is that God is pictured as a loving parent, a father who is more ready to forgive than we are to ask, who forgets our sins and shows a remarkable amount of restraint and patience with us. The second is that we're all sinners in need of repentance. The Greek word for this is metanoia. It literally means to stop, turn around and go back the other way. The final big theme that's important here is that God's kingdom is pictured as a party, complete with guests, food and drink, and it's lots of fun. Now, while I would love to regale you with the intricacies of this entire text and its place in the whole biblical story, I also want to respect your time. So, if you will, for today, let's fast forward to the end of the story. Place yourself with the oldest son. The world around him is growing dark as the day transitions to night after backbreaking labor. You've heard word that this brother of yours who wished dear old dad dead took his money and did God knows what has returned. And to make matters worse, dad ran out to meet him, hugged and kissed him, lavished him with the fine things in life and threw a party, a party that you hear in full effect off in the distance. And you're furious. How can this be? This isn't fair. You've labored all day today, and every day for that matter, while he lived it up. This is most certainly an insult. But something is happening here. Jesus is pulling you in. Many readers before can understand the outrage of the older brother. I do. 
and Jesus pulls us in more. Look at the elements that have been developed. There is someone who is clearly a sinner, but what did he do? He stopped, turned around, and went back the other way. That's repentance. There again was a father full of love and forgiveness and patience, running to welcome back the sinner. And now there's a party. God's kingdom is in full effect here, celebrating the repentance of a sinner and the love of God. But where are you? At the moment, you're on the outside. But there's an invitation to come in. You see, I'm an older brother type. Oh, sure, I've had my share of sins. Maybe there's even been a bit of debauchery. But nothing really bad. No murder or grand theft. No basking in hurting people or anything like that. Generally speaking, I'm a decent guy. I love my wife and kids. I help folks, don't cheat on my taxes, and pay my bills, and all the good things that decent people do. I can't tempt myself into believing, or I can tempt myself into believing all my efforts at being good and being a decent person earn me a leg up over those other, obviously bad people out there, just like the older brother did with his younger sibling. And now Jesus has got us. Our good and decent efforts can be our sin because they tempt us to believe we've earned the Father's love and gasp that we might be better than others. That's self-righteousness. That's a sin. And that's a need for repentance. So now, take just a moment and consider where you are. You're out in a field, just you and God. The world is getting dark. The breeze blows against the sweat of your brow and chills you. Off in the distance, you see the lights of the party. You hear the laughter and the celebrations. It's a party for a sinner, your younger brother. But there's an invitation. This party is also for you. Do you go in, admit that you're no better than your brother, that your self-righteousness is just as bad as his debauchery? You can, and this celebration can be for you as well. And in the best storytelling fashion, Jesus ends the story right there. What does he do? Does he stay outside in the cold darkness with his own opinions of right and wrong, fists balled up in anger? Or does he go into the party with an expanded view of love and forgiveness and who's in? We don't know. Because the ending to this story is one that you write. <laughs>